galactic civil war spreads across the sun. From the height of Coruscant to fiery Mustafa, to fight the evil empire for people join the fray. These are the heroes of the Hydean Way. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a Star Wars actual play podcast where we're playing in Edge Studios Age of Rebellion. This is Session Zero, Episode 2 of The Hard Road. I'm Ben, I'm the GM for this adventure, and I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Joy, and my character is Kedra Javit. She's a she, her, and she's a sharpshooter. I'm Erica. I use she, her for myself, but I'm playing Norn Grimian, who uses they, them, and they are an engineer scientist. I'm Zach. I use they, them. I am playing Shen Shazen, who uses he, him, and he is an infiltrator interrogator. Hello, I'm Henry Malinali. I use she, they pronouns, and I'll be playing Isazel An, who uses she, her pronouns, and I'm the ship's pilot and captain. As I was saying, this is episode two of our session zero, where we're fleshing out, in this case, what we're going to be doing in this act. So we have villains, we have places, we have disasters. Intersector Rescue, which is a rescue organization. They go out, bad things are happening, like a mining outpost is on fire or something, and the firefighting equipment has broken down. I have a question. Yo. How well known throughout the galaxy is this this company? Or is this something that no one's really heard of, and and we were, like, hand-selected? Or is this something that, like, people have heard of, and we sought this place out? I'm figuring that this is a relatively new organization, and they're doing essentially a huge charm push okay. that they've given out essentially business cards to captains, managers, uh, the higher-ups, the ones who are actually like shift foremans, that sort of thing. So the people who actually are doing the work probably don't know about it, but managers who are nominally responsible for this would be. Okay. One of the things with... The Thunderbirds was, they'd always do a, it would start off with a disaster happening and a call going out to international rescue, which is what the Thunderbirds organization is. Gotcha. Hence the reason for Intersector. Gotcha. question you're asking is a really good one in that it's not like they're a superhero brand or something like that where everyone knows them, but they are... Closer in to a minus, say, like a tow truck company. Okay. Not necessarily everyone knows who they are, but when they start looking them up or something like that, you would find them that way. Or, as I was kind of saying earlier, was there'd be like business hollows or something like that, where it would be on like the captain's desk. Perfect. Cool. 
So we're the triple A of the galaxy. I like this. <laughs> yeah, less less A team, more triple A. <laughs> At least for the moment, yeah. My own preference for the long term of this is turning more into A team mm-hmm. end of it. We have to pass initiation first. Well, there's the initiation and also from a meta point, I've been envisioning Intersector Rescue as the mercy mission that goes in to provide cover for extracting spies Mm, or something like that. Yes. This kind of goes to the encounters. Like, I'm never figuring that Intersector Rescue or any of the people that they're initially dealing with are causing any of these. Mm Mm-hmm. But there could be secondary objectives of there's a intersector rescue agent that is in the facility that is on fire. We need you to get them out as well. Mm-hmm. And it turns into an extraction on top of trying to deal with whatever disaster is currently there. Nice, 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 nice. That brings up an important question that I don't think any of us have asked when it comes about intersector rescue, which is do they provide uniforms? <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> no, I love it. My character is probably not, though. While I'm going with yes, I'm thinking that it isn't just like, okay, everyone has coveralls. I'm figuring that, <laughs> like, there are coveralls available. Your ship's crew that are NPCs are probably wearing the coveralls, but they also have, like, vests, jackets, like, slacks. The whole nine yards with different clothing types, plus flight suits and whatnot. They do sell merch, but it's just not really that... (laughs) It doesn't sell well. Maybe their most basic requirements for a uniform is a color scheme. Yeah. And they have uniforms available for uh, staff members to wear. Mm -hmm. But if we so choose, we just have to... Stick to a color scheme. I like yeah, that. Yeah, the color scheme, the lapel pin, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The shoulder patch. If they have a crop if they have a crop jacket, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they would. There you go. I do like that idea. And I can just sort of see starting off in like the very first session, there's a home space station that does get worked on. They essentially have landing facilities at other space stations where they store the cargo pods. So you never have to go too far to refuel and restock your cargo pod Mm -hmm. because you've been with the company for a bit. You've come to realize don't leave anything that you want to keep in the cargo pod because those do get changed out. But the (laughs) ship itself, you're definitely staying with. That's where you're working out of. But the cargo pods get swapped out pretty much every time that you dock the cargo pods disconnected, and then a new one is connected as consumables are replaced and it gets reprapped. Copy that. Don't leave anything of importance in the cod pods. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of like pods. <laughs> the pods are probably scheduled by our benefactor. Yeah. So everything with them, like if it's got a land speeder in it, it's entirely in ISR uh, colors. Just like, yeah, everything in it is 100% ISR colors. Nice. That's cool. Making it very obvious where to return it to. One of the things I've been trying to come up with, and I definitely would like some input from you all, is 
types of encounters. The three that keep on coming up in my head are a chemical spill, which is the reason why we've already got a small ad for a chemical spell. <laughs> uh, another one is a purgle strike slash... Uh, this one kind of goes to the first audition game <laughs> where there was a purgle that essentially was playing Moby Dick with a cruise ship or like a mining ship or something like that, where purgles are starting to become disturbed for some variety. One of the ones that actually does come up that would be a bit more in the military slash combat side is pirates have come in and stolen something from a location and they then call Intersector Rescue to try and get it back. Nice. Can we do like a rescue one where we rescue like... Like an extraction? Um, yeah, like an extraction, getting some people and saving them. Maybe like someone or some ones that are important to like... Or even like a group of like refugees that were taken or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I too. think that would be extremely really cool to play. Like we're helping refugees to fight. Like they got taken while they're trying to get to safety, and we're rescuing them to help them to finish their way to safety. Perhaps dissidents of the Empire who they're sending to Kessel. Yeah. Or on a planet that the Empire wouldn't send aid to, uh, a mm. natural disaster occurred. Uh, and there's many people needing uh, help. Yeah. Like, off the top of my head, a big one hit in Shad. And because I've been watching Andor, I want to do a prison breakout. <laughs> Get somebody out of prison. I think that would be so fun. That would be kind of a weird thing for this very official... I will totally get arrested so I can find a target and break out. Absolutely. I think it would be totally fun to do, like, to help someone get out of jail that's not quite supposed to be there, but, you know... I also definitely love the idea of hiding other types of jobs with humanitarian aid like we're doing the humanitarian aid but that's like the easy part or that's what the yeah. crew is handling while we go and do something that that could be part of the prison break like maybe we're the thing that i'm liking with that it being essentially secondary objectives for using video game terms where there's a big thing like not to go too real world a tropical storm is bearing down on this outpost and there are people that you're needing to get off of there, as well as dealing with the actual disaster that's happening. Like, gotcha. Hardening the location, as well as trying to get a bunch of very obviously suspicious people out. So, like, we're trying to get maybe, we're helping out, we're trying to get them out before it ha like the disaster strikes, but there's a possibility that we get stuck there through it and have to yeah. keep them hidden, kind of thing. Yeah. Or maybe they have very interesting data pads that we would want to make a backup or a secret backup of for our own mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, or artifacts or something that we can find that would be... It just so happened one of the buildings that got bombed was a former Imperial site, and there just might be some data in there that needs retrieving. Secretly stealing some data. Yeah. That could definitely work. I, I, I'm really liking these ideas. 
I mean, there's also the old school salvage operations of places that have fallen apart. So it's just like mm-hmm. old ships, old back to tanks, things that our benefactor would probably need to make all this go better. Salvaging and support. Scouting for those locations, even like clearing them out for extraction of another crew or whatever. Yeah, if we're being used as sort of a s- secret operations for the rebellion, then secondary. Uh, objectives like that that maybe we don't necessarily see the big picture for mm-hmm. but the benefactor does okay i'm gonna float this one and i'm not entirely certain it's an old hobby horse of mine one idea is for the time frame that we're in we're roughly i like doing just past the first death star like in the years between a new hope and empire strikes back because things are bad the empire's doing fairly dastardly things, but it's pretty established. Uh, it's starting to become a lot more established just before then as well, like before the full announcement of the Rebel Alliance. I thought that we were playing um, either Rebels time period or uh, even pre-Rebels time period, like in between Fallen Order, Kenobi, and actually Kenobi takes place after Fallen Order. Mm. More in like the uh, Kenobi andor time period. That's when I thought we were playing. Okay. No, and that actually is one thing that I was wanting to get on the same pages with y'all is exactly what part of the time period. And I like that. I like that more than my old assumption of being post Battle of Yemen, now being a bit before. Essentially, Rebels timeline ish. Yeah, that works. You still had a bunch of splinter cells that were sort of being worked together by an unknown force, i.e. Fulcrum, but there wasn't a cohesive alliance yet. Exactly, yeah. So you've got the multitudes of different rebel cells. They may be talking, you may have a few go-betweens, a la Andor. This particular group might be just one person's bright idea, and they've got... I don't know, a planet worth of people that they're using to fund it. Mm-hmm. I really do like that. So one of the ideas that I've got, and this could just be a long-running thing throughout this, on account of the Clone Wars were 10, 15 years ago, mm. there is still all these battles that the Imperials, the Republics, and the Separatists never have cleaned up entirely. Mm-hmm. So you have all these ships, and you also have battlefields, where there's just a bunch of stuff. Yes. One of the things for that, though, is the idea of like a, a ship itself being somewhat adrift. Mm-hmm. This turns into a fairly decent space station, if you're not too worried about it going somewhere. The idea of scouting, making sure that it's actually decent, and having this turn into a ISR safe house if those secondary objectives are done, and you are collecting people or collecting supplies of varieties, you then taking them to a, like, a ventator uh, ship messing up that name, but whatever like one of the Clone Wars capital ships to store stuff and there is a group there that you would be normally talking to, if that makes any sense. 
Oh yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I liked I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. We're at the Codfather. We regularly visit the Tide Pool. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I can see that the repair of that taking a long period. Mm-hmm. It being one of the things that is progressing over a long period of time. Certain useful sections become available right when they need to be. And starting off with scouting it. Like, yeah, we heard that there is this thing. Can you go and uh, explore it? And then that's when we do our... Uh, I don't do jump scares that much, but <laughs> essentially our haunted house episodes. Nice. Oh, the ghost ship? Nice. Yes. Because, well, chances are I'm going to be doing a magnificent class, which I don't know why. I just like the look of them. They're nice crab shell type things with wings. Oh, yeah. Like a giant skiff. Not going to lie. That looks pretty cool still. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes, like me, that makes me want a uh, clone NPC even more, honestly. Right. Comes with the ship. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can definitely. All right. So, yeah, that will. The chef quartermaster will be a clone. It'll be going with some form of accent. I have no idea what. <laughs> Perfect. Every time I try and do Australian ish, it just doesn't stick. So. That's okay. I'm doing a combination of like a Russian Ukrainian, my mix of it, which is really weird. So that's what I'm going for with my character. We're going to be doing a haunted house. That would be so fun. Like Zoinks. So yeah, we've got a haunted house, we've got a rescue slash extraction, pirates stealing and trying to get back whatever they've stolen, uh, the chemical spill. Okay, so we've definitely got several ones that can be a couple arcs, trying to land, clean up, prepare, or what have you, because there also could be slash probably will be a bit of a mystery going on there of whatever sort. Because nothing's ever that clear when you get to some place and it's like, all right, we're here to help. Well, why are you... Yeah. There's going to be a reason why they're in the situation of what's going on. Of why they're needing this outside help. Yeah, could always find a ship adrift and we have to go help them. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a perfect encounter for that that I used to... I've ran in like three of my games. Because you, by then, you you literally don't know what you're walking into. It may not actually because be. It's a ship that's adrift. There's no communications. So you don't know. You just go on and try to figure out what's going on. Like, it could be a mystery. It could be whatever. It could be tons of things. My brain's just spinning a story <laughs> now. <laughs> a senator's ship was uh, sabotaged, but we don't know that. And it's been adrift, sending out a distress signal. We just happened to be in the vicinity, interesting, uh, and answered the distress signal. The salon, the salon pod is still attached. And one of us <laughs> is told to uh, uh, slice into the computers while we are trying to help them get their ship back together. And who knows? Maybe there's a alien or creature of some sort that's on the ship that they don't even know about that could be killing them off one by one 
I'm just going to slip on down to the records. They stowed away. And mm. they need an extraction. Those are some great ideas. Exactly which order they'll be showing up in? Those. Right. <laughs> I am really liking that. One of the things that I'm somewhat interested in is... So, we're going to be doing a bunch of rescuing as part of the main thrust of Act 1. And that, like some of it, it's going to be natural disaster type things or unforeseeable accidents and that sort of thing. But, like, at least one of these has been a, a pirate attack. One of the things brought up has been prison break. What sort of villains or other organizations would you be interested in trying to go up against? Because a lot of what we've talked about so far has been a very person versus environment. I have a suggestion. So do I, but go ahead. My character worked with an organization in the past that they no longer agree with there's been a change in management essentially, and I'm I, I feel like maybe the whoever's in charge now is more sympathetic imperial wise and doing dealings with the empire under the table maybe. So that's why I chose to leave. And they they're still an independent organization that we run into occasionally that they our interests are misaligned slightly. And they're definitely part of, like, the bad guy team. There's also the question of, are these natural disasters really as natural as they seem? Mm. I mean, Operation, what was it, Cinder? Didn't come out of nowhere. Right. The Empire had to have uh, pre-knowledge on how to cause these disasters that wiped out whole planets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, these are like the testing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we can have some of that. Some of these natural disasters could have been caused by criminal neglect by certain co corporations or companies. For instance, mm -hmm. the mining clan ignored regulations or whatever in order to extract as much ore from a mine as possible. And that caused destabilization in the mountain. And that caused a landslide and a mudslide uh, after heavy rains, which wiped out nearby village. Yeah, and contaminating the waters. Yeah, and any sort of attempt to um, get quote-unquote official sanctions against the mining clan or core or whatever it's called um, yeah. doesn't work because it's an empire-backed uh, corporation. Mm -hmm. You could say the same thing about loggers and maybe they have a dam that they released. Mm -hmm. We are a group that is you know, slowly being radicalized, uh, if I recall correctly, from the initial pitch. Yes. So these sort of acts that sort of frustrate our, our characters with the system. Like, yeah, sure, you could say it's just a freak storm, but there's something unnatural in that storm. Okay. On a not-so-grand-out-dioso thing, like local, like, mafia-type style, like, people, like, when we go to each planet, like, having, like, the local, like, mafia after us, like, Maybe we have to crime get something lord. from these local yeah. crime lords that they have acquired that somehow, not knowing what it is. Yeah, or even like when we go there, we're both going for the same thing, or we're annoying them because they've been the one that's like, 
hid these people away or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so we also not only have to go against the Imperials, but we also have to go against them. And so they cause, you know, I mean, they're not easy to deal with. I mean, just because they're local crime lords doesn't mean they're easy. Well, especially considering the group is not being set up as a combat organization. Mm-hmm. If those four combat effectives, it's going to be a lot different than the current crew. Not saying that the current crew wouldn't equip themselves very well in combat, but having like four soldiers versus a disaster relief crew, that's mm-hmm. going to be something different. So I really do like that because smaller criminals and especially with their hold over the locals would have a much larger sway. Yeah, like the local core doesn't care about the local crime boss because, you know, the local crime boss and the local core have an arrangement. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And we don't know who their insiders are. It could be anyone around us that could be part of the crime lords because we don't know. Criminals don't wear outfits. <laughs> they didn't get the uniform memo. <laughs> they don't go, here we are. <laughs> I mean, I get where you're coming from, and I completely agree. Though there is going to be one motorcycle club. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Motorbike club. Are their bikes chrome, and do they have mods? <laughs> I don't know. They might be in a squad, though. This direction I'm really liking, because then also you get... Okay, so you get the corporate malfeasance... Because a corporation's trying to run lean. I've yet to find one that isn't. <laughs> so they're going to under-supply for the point of disasters. Then you've got the corporate management or what have you being in league with the local criminals at least to get them to stop trying to steal or what have you. <laughs> like, there's so many different reasons why. Maybe they're just a off-the-books quote-unquote security force that the locals are using. I'm loving that. Because, yeah, then this helps to radicalize the group. It also gives more of a story of, like, each place that we go to, the things that the locals have to deal with. Like, and we can see, like, they're having to deal with these type of people or these two crews against each other, but now we're there, so now they're kind of teaming up on us. It would be really interesting. I'm digging that quite a bit. You can't forget the rival volleyball team either for the beach episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got corporate, the criminals. We might even get a hut in there or not. I'm not entirely certain. Because huts take a bit of work. On the other hand, the pikes could come in. That would be simple. Mm. The question then to me is Imperials. How would you be expecting Imperials to be in this sphere of doing things? I think one of the big things of because there's all these small, almost like seemingly unattached groups ma- making our lives issue in these places that are consistently dealing with imperial control or connections, which is probably something similar to ISB, where it's information the imperials are doing. It's there to they don't want people to know they're the issue. They don't want people to know they're hiring local criminals. It's like. When it comes to fighting the Empire, a lot of times it's not always fighting their armies. It's fighting their information and what mm-hmm. people know and who's to blame. And a group of people going into these rescue operations, are they're going to discover the real reason behind who's really behind everything over and over again. They're not going to like that. Yeah, I mean, this is the beginning of the governorships, right? So, like, 
the they have to very quickly get a population under control. They're going to turn to what they what they can, and the crime lords will probably be able to assist for like amnesty or whatever. So definitely, they're either like the imperials we come across are either like so removed from the situation they're like why should we care Mm -hmm. because the things that they are actually care about are still coming in so why should they care if the poor pitiful people are dying there's still there's more of them they could get more from another planet and we're the wrench in that plan and then because we have these little secondary missions that maybe we don't see the big picture for there's an isb agent who is seeing the big picture (laughs) Yeah, they figured it out before we do. <laughs> Cut us off at the end. We get we get waylaid, and they're like, uh, starting asking us questions and stuff. We're like, "What are you talking about?" Like, we literally have no idea. So, like, but that actually starts the gears whirring in Norin's head. <laughs> right, that's part of like the backup to the backup to the backup. Though, like, we only know enough to do what we need to do. We don't know anything else that's going on. Yeah, you might also have some that are just kind of lazy, too. Like, why am I out here in the boondocks? I wish I was more, you know, in the middle Mm. of stuff. So we don't really care what's going on. And if you come and take something from us, whatever, it doesn't matter. This job is a piece of crap. Yeah, the petty bullies, the the lazy ones, the ones that think they're above it all. Yeah. Governors or high-ranking military officials who are trying to live the cozy life away from the prying eyes of the greater empire and exploiting a population to do it. Like, they're not really doing anything anymore. Their governorship is easy. There's nothing going on. But they don't want to feel like they're in some backwater. So they, they're, like, overtaxing or strong-arming businesses so that they can get extra funds to live a cushier existence. Okay, yeah. Which could also bring the ISB, because once they find out, if they were to find out someone was doing off-the-book stuff like that, ISB doesn't look kindly on that kind of stuff. They're not getting their cut. And then you've got the whole... The ISB is doing one side, which is the more normal intelligence Mm -hmm. style. Then you've got the... There's a military intelligence division as well that's their competitors. I think they're Compnor. Yes. I love this with the Empire that... Because... You need to keep the ISB loyal. Like, while they do have their own internal ways of doing that, you also have another organization ensuring that the ISB as an organization stays loyal. Mm-hmm. We could get into interagency rivalries as well. This is all sounding like way too much fun. <laughs> we could also have a encounter, I guess, or a uh, thing where we have to... F- Find and extract an ISB agent. That's defector. Yeah. And then we don't know if they're actually defector or is this a trap the right. whole time? Could be a trap. Could be two, and one of them is a trap and one isn't, and we have to figure out which one it is. Um. Okay, I love that. We're just hitting all the beats. Right. <laughs> we kind of are, but. It's also, I'm wanting to see where all y'all are at with it, so that if it was just going to be a little thing or a big thing, because this seems to be a lot bigger of a narrative than I had initially been thinking of, but I'm liking that it's bigger. 
I mean, the idea could be bigger. We could just be a small part of it playing a, a, right. sh a shorter role in it. I think that's the way I'm going to go with it. At least to start off with, because there is still, the party itself is untested. The mm -hmm. actual doing the stuff is untested, like dealing with a natural disaster or what have you. You go to the chemical spill, because that seems to be where I'm starting with. Mm -hmm. You go to the chemical spill, the company itself, it was supposedly an accident, but as you go in and explore, you find out, well, it doesn't quite add up. It's like, okay, an accident is always just a one in a billion chance actually coming true, in theory. Mm -hmm. But what if there's other marks making instead of a one in a billion down to one in a thousand? Well, all the employees, all the employees got out, but the, t the villagers weren't notified. How did the employees mm -hmm. know? Stuff like that. And as we start out, it may not be quite the group knowing that it's part of this huge conspiracy, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Having the key pieces there so that when different portions of the conspiracy is revealed, you as players and our audience, which is also the sixth person at the table, mm -hmm. they aren't blindsided by it that we actually lay the groundwork for conspiracies and that sort of stuff ahead of time so that we're not oh yes because of this destiny point now all of a sudden there's a conspiracy there <laughs> we do it so that it feels right narratively yeah yeah i think that's awesome that's just perfect <laughs> yeah, cool We've painted a big picture, and we're going to zoom in on our group, sort of at the core mm -hmm. of it all, sort of build out from, like, uncover pieces from there for both our party and the audience. I'm really liking that. It's like, like a game map. We're exploring <laughs> the game map. I say this Pretty as much. I stare at a game map on my wall. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yes. One thing that we've kind of covered but we also kind of haven't, is is there any sort of destinations that you would like to go to? We've talked about spaceships being adrift or need to go in to look for salvaging or things like that, but is there any sort of environment that you'd be interested in exploring? All of them. <laughs> I don't know. There is a specific environment to really like lean into when no one's there to save is one day looking at what happened to like what's left of Canary because that planet is not doing so hot anymore. I think it'd be interesting to go to Hoth because it is a planet of like super cold. Oh yeah. And I think that would be interesting because anything that we have to find would be under frozen stuff and it would be super hard to like maybe we're dropping stuff off pre pre uh echo base i think that would be fun but i also think like alderaan would be fun because more um, being, yeah. like having to be more diplomatic in which we do and a little bit more city dwelling i think that'd be fun a colonies region of of yeah. space or mid rim like Coruscant or like Tatooine, or Naboo. Those would all be fun places. 
The fun thing about going to Naboo is that's the Emperor's home world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would be so fun. Let's hope he's not on vacation. <laughs> like, to go there, do something, but also be avoiding, you know. There's a lot more Imperials here than I remember there being. Maybe under the Empire, the uh, Gungan Naboo, uh, Nabooians and Gungan relations have. Oh, they deteriorated very quickly. I like that. I also, I don't think that anything's actually going to be happening there, but I also really adore the Freemaker idea of there being the Sheev Palpatine Museum there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go steal his Senate robes. <laughs> It's his. It's his house. Oh man, it's like the new Salem <laughs> yeah. tour. You too can tour Sheev Palpatine's The Emperor's Nabooan home. See where the Grand Emperor began his early life. The humble beginnings. <laughs> the office where he studied to become senator. This is the room where he killed his father. <laughs> <laughs> You might still see some bloodstains if you yeah. look carefully. So it, that's the haunted house. <laughs> you can, you, some say if you listen, you can still hear him shouting Sheev's name. Sheev. Ah, oh, see, there it is. Uh, I think Tatooine would be fun too, a desert area. They always need saving, honestly. I think anywhere yeah. sand would be fun for the Shistavan because I'm, I'm, I do not think they like sand. Oh, we go uh, to Jakku. Yeah. In their fur, so. Also, I'm going to mention it now. This is just a Vanen who does wear uh, foot footwear, so they're like boots for Shistavanen. It's it's narratively necessary. Okay. I think Corella would also be fun because it is a place where ships are. Corella. Oh yeah, Corellia. Yeah. We need ships parts. We had to go to Corellia or Bracca because we can't afford Corellia. <laughs> I got my limit on knowledge on the planet, so. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely like that. You could always go to yeah. Dantooine. I mean, Dantooine does kind of make sense. Well, I mean, that's also something you could sub Dantooine for Alderaan, or you know, because it, yeah. it's all they're all temperate, temperate planets, something like that. Like, I do like the idea of Hoth, just on account of I can look outside and get vibes. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> I think Hoth would be so fun. I like those ideas. I don't really want to get too many more because. <laughs> Then I just get idea overload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely digging these ideas, and this is a bit more specific for it. So, like, we've got missions and locations. Some of this is definitely going to be into the world, mm-hmm. or the galaxy, I guess. Like, going to Hoth or Middle of Nowhere Tatooine both make a huge amount of sense. A lot of the other places are built up, but having that be a location that is part of the uh, that scenario, that arc, is a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Or a pretty good way of uh, using them. Because, yeah, I, I definitely see ways that we can use this and keep the uh, remote location stuff. Or I just one of the things that in my mind that I'm working on aligning. It's not necessarily 
uh, it's figuring ways of getting the disasters to line up with the locations. Like, well, with Naboo, it's Naboo Tatooine is fairly easy. Coruscant and Corellia are these big people places. So that, it makes it a challenge. It definitely can be done. Just a tiny bit of a challenge. I think that's what makes it interesting, though. Like, instead of having this big and where we can do a lot more things with the world around us, having more people and interacting is going to cause us a little bit more problems, I think, too, as well as give us a little more mm-hmm. um, interaction with other things like people. And I think it's interesting. Yeah. I completely agree. And being that I'm not a very charismatic person in my character, she's not going to be the face <laughs> of the group. Fair enough. You need the charisma that you said, Sally. We, we, we'll get our way in there. I think it'll be fun, though. I love failing and failing forward. I think it's so fun. Some people get all uptight about failing. I think failing just makes your character more well-rounded, and it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be entertaining. <laughs> oh, yes. I am greatly looking forward to this. I think it's going to be great fun. I am excited about working with these awesome people. <laughs> the four of you play very fun individually. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what this group gets up to. (laughs) Because while there is an arc, kind of, there's not a long-term game plan. There's no hard plot behind this. If through play we decide to go in a direction, we go in that direction. We're not tied to having to curve a line of play back to a plot. The plot can bend towards the players mm-hmm. which is what I'm looking forward to with this. I do have one question Sure. When we start do our characters know each other already or are we meeting each other for the first time? I was about to ask the same thing <laughs> You said we've been working for the organization for some time. But we could be working for the organization but separately and now we're meeting for the first time or we've been working together for the organization mm. I don't know. Little column A, little column B Personally, I like the idea of you've been working for the organization for a few months, and each of you have shown something to whichever manager, shift lead, what have you, and they have put your name in for a promotion to a specialist group. We would be starting off with the four of you meeting and getting your first briefing saying, this is your ship. And these are your crew. These are their files. This is the first time you're working together. I am so excited. (laughs) So I might have heard about some of these people, but may never have actually worked with them. I kind of like that idea, just on account of that way the characters are starting pretty much where we are. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a good idea. We aren't locked into backstory mm-hmm. we're starting at the beginning of the interesting stuff is the best way that I can put it everyone does have their backstory everyone's got things that have happened in the past but this is when the quote unquote good stuff happens when our paths 
have intertwined and destiny is revealed. <laughs> yes, we could say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> At least with podcasts like this, it's one of the things that I prefer doing just so that essentially running the first arc or two as almost a prologue so that everyone settles into this is what my character actually is instead of what I thought it was. I've yet to meet anyone who really, unless a character has been on the table with the current playgroup, it's really hard to say how that character is actually going to play. Yeah. I love taking in characters who have a bit of history to them, but like with any group, until you get them together and actually playing together, who's to say how it actually goes? Right. Yeah. Double the reason why we have the head of a protocol droid to give us our missions. <laughs> We're not fully trusted yet. Uh, there's a questionnaire if this is going to work out. Mm -hmm. Well, they trust us more, maybe we'll get two droid heads. <laughs> might give us an arm next. <laughs> well, next would be a torso, maybe. <laughs> or like the body of a treadwell. Oh. Frankendroid. Yeah, like going complete Frankendroid. But I just... Okay, we have covered all the stuff I was wanting to touch on. Do you have any other questions that you'd like answered? Can't think of anything. I don't have anything. Nope. I can't think of any either. Same. Okay, well, in that case... Listening to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on social media at The Hydean Way. And you can find me, Ben, on the socials at Deuterium Ice. Uh, you can find me, Joy, on the Other Place podcast, Season 2 as Talana, and live on Twitch TV as Joyfully Me, the number two at the end, through playing a variety of games. You can find me, Erica, on various podcasts such as Path of the Storm, Dice for Brains, The Dicey Cantina, and Nightcast Creative Projects like Coruscant Nights and Tales from the Grey Library. Or you can find me personally on social media platforms as either Tis the Good Witch or Erica Goodwitch. You can find me, Zach, at TalesOfTheOuterRim.com or on our link tree at linktr.ee slash TalesOfTheOuterRim or Tales of the Grey Library. I guess she ended. You can find me, Henry Malinali, everywhere as at Sim Disorder with a Y, not an I. And we are all at theheidianway.com, where you can find previous episodes. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. You can holocom us at heroesattheheidianway.com. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash theheidianway. Or you can send the team some calf at ko-fi.com slash the hiding way. <laughs>